Hello, and welcome back to Upon the Heathen's Path. Yesterday we spoke kind of about our origins, uh, you know, kind of letting letting those who are new to heathenry understand and know that it, it doesn't matter how you found us, that we're here to help you, that that's the whole point of why we're here. So with that being said, I guess this is going to actually be like the first actual bit of like like learning, education, whatever you want to call it. So today we're going to be talking about offerings, sacrifices, why we make them, how we do them, and altars. I figured altars would be a good point to make in the conversation because where better to start than an altar to place your offering. So we'll talk about altars. So altars are our little, as pagans, they're our little, our little place away from everything that we, we utilize to represent our sacred space. It's a place where we make our offerings to the gods. It's the small little place that we use for like our own spiritual growth and development. Now, a lot of people hear the word altar and they think immediately like, oh man, an altar, that's huge. That's like you gotta build a table, you gotta like get all the stuff for it. And I want you to know that the altars aren't that difficult and they're nowhere they don't have to be anywhere near that big. Are there big ones? Yes. There are people who need a lot of space. So they have bigger altars. They build elaborate tables, hand-carved, or they buy elaborate design and cloths that cover the whole thing. But you don't need any of that. Well, you don't need that much of that. And technically, you don't need any of that either. An altar is a place, a physical representation of a small, little, cleaned-out, uncluttered area that we have dedicated to our spiritualness, we've dedicated to the gods. And to make one is not that difficult. You don't have to invest a whole lot of money in it. If you are committed to your belief, then just the mere representation of putting that there and making that spot what it is, that'll work. That'll do what it needs to do. Its intent is what we need. Like, I know people who, their altars are so small they fit in their pocket. And you think I'm joking, but I'm not. I know a lot of people who make travel altars. And what they'll do is they'll take, like, a bit of cloth, a couple of gemstones that they feel represent the gods, an herb or a spice, or even a tiny little, like, little salt jar. And they'll use that, and they'll take it wherever they go, and whenever they're ready to do what they need to do, they open up their little kit, their little travel altar, and set it up. So no, your altar doesn't have to be big, and you can make an altar 
any size you want. My altar is not very big, has a few precious stones, uh, a few pieces of jewelry that were given to me by friends and family, um, a bone dice that I use for like my offering to Loki, and a shot glass for my offering to Odin. It's not a huge altar, and I feel that it is perfect, though. It doesn't need to be a huge altar. There's nothing that says we need to make a big, grand display. Once you have an altar, once you've decided on the design that you're going to use for your altar, once you've implemented the look and the aesthetic that you want to go for in your altar, what speaks to you, it doesn't require much. Again, my altar is small, but it does what it needs to. It holds my offerings. Now, once you once you start moving on to offerings, that's where things get a little a little tricky because wording is very important. And the reason I say wording is very important is because you can sit there and say something as small as dedicating time to reading the Eddas is an offering to the gods. And you will have people who will tell you that's not an offering. You didn't, you didn't give up anything for that. But you did. You gave up your time so that you could dedicate it to the gods. Dedicating that time that you sat and read the Eddas was to the gods. An offering doesn't have to be extravagant. There is nothing that says you must go buy a $150 bottle of wine or to offer to the gods. There's nothing that says you have to go and buy a $100 steak and cook it perfectly and set it upon your table as an offer to the gods. Your offer to the gods is a personal sacrifice. It's where the term sacrifice comes in. Sacrifice doesn't mean we are going out and killing a goat. You're not going out to kill a chicken. You're sacrificing something. The goat and the chicken and even the even the cows that were used in sacrifices before, those represented the labors of that clan and kindred. Those represented an animal that was meant to be food, that they are sacrificing instead. It will not be food. They cannot eat it. They will not touch it. They have gotten rid of it. It is a sacrifice to the gods, and therefore belongs only to the gods. You will hear people talk about offering up a meal. Now remember... When we are offering a meal, there are two versions of this, okay? If we are offering food that we have made and prepared, and we are sharing it with the gods, we are offering it. Now, if we are sacrificing a meal to the gods, that once you make your plate, you leave your plate for the gods, and you do not partake of anything until the next meal. Because you are sacrificing that meal. Again, wording is very important in the way we, we talk about these things and the way we say these things. 
Now, as solitary practitioners and small group practitioners who don't have a whole lot to offer and things like that, there are other things you can do. Um, one of my favorites to do is every time I decide I'm going to drink tonight, I make sure that for every drink I have, I pour a shot. And then I let that shot sit on my altar until the next morning. After which I go and I libate it, which means to kind of pour it out, in a sense. Um, I'll pour it down the drain. Uh, there is a rock outside of my apartments, which has a tree growing out of it. And I like to pour it there. So... That way, like, the sugars and the things like that are used by a little micro-ecosystem that's built there. <laughs> we don't have to go to the extreme. And I think that's where a lot of people get lost on. A lot of people see the extreme in an offering and think, their offering will never be as good as what they have seen others offer. And remember, we are not offering on other people's levels. Every person offers on their own level. When you go to the grocery store and they have that, please donate your change to round out your dollar to charity. And you say, okay. You feel pretty good about that. You feel that you have accomplished something. You've given something of yourself away to help others. Now, are you going to decide that what you have given is nothing and in, like, in just a tiny drop in the bucket if you think about what Bill Gates gives away to charity? No, that's not going to take away how you feel. So offerings should be the same way. Just because someone you know offered a $150 bottle of wine and all you have is a box wine in your house that you got from the grocery store because it was on sale, that doesn't mean your offer is any less. Now, I'm not saying that you could just offer a box wine. What I'm saying is we offer within our means. The gods know we are not rich. The gods know that we do not have it like that. The gods know that if we were Bill Gates, they would have the most amazing stuff offered to them. Gods don't care. Again, and you're going to hear this a lot, especially from me, because I'm a very, very firm believer in it. It is the intent behind what we do that calls to the gods. It is not what we do, it is the intent. If we are making offerings to the gods, we are trying to draw the gods' attention. It is not what we use to draw the God's attention. It's the intent of what we're trying to do that beckons the gods to look in our direction, to see the plight that we're asking them for help on, or to give us the spark that we're missing. That is why we do offerings. That is the overall purpose of the offering. We sit and we think and we overanalyze so many things as heathens. We think and we overanalyze our altar. Is it big enough? Do I have 
Do I have enough on here to appease them? The gods don't want us to appease them. The gods want us to be strong enough to solve things on our own. They want us to be sufficient enough to handle ourselves, but they don't want us to forget them. They don't want us to forget our ancestors. They don't want us to forget our names, our destinies. We spend a lot of time looking at how much we can do of something. How much have we done of something? We tend to forget what's the quality of something. And I don't mean that as in, was it great? I mean that as in, I play a lot of video games. A lot of video games. And when I play my video games, I play them with a friend. When I play by myself, I don't play nearly as long. But it's because when I'm playing just on my own, I'm only doing the task at hand. When I'm playing with a friend, I'm no longer doing the task at hand. I'm enjoying an experience. It's from this experience and enjoyment that that we feel most ourselves. When you make an offering, when you when you start to do a sacrifice for whatever spiritual ritual that you have picked to do. I want you to think back on that. I want you to think about, is this something that I'm enjoying? Or is this something that I'm going through the motions on because I feel I need to? Feeling you need to do something is different than actively doing something. We go to work every day because we need to. We don't go to work for the enjoyment. We go to school every day because we need to. We don't go to school for the enjoyment. Don't treat oaths, offerings, sacrifices, your altar, don't treat those as things you need to do. They are things that you should feel enjoyment from doing because it is, it is a it is a gesture. It is inner, inner peace. It is our spirituality. It is inviting the gods into a moment of your life so that you can share that with them. And that's the feeling you're looking for. When one of the clans within the Raven's Banner has their meetings and they do their their opening like ritual, they do their their rights. They aren't just saying, may the gods bless those who have made it. They are asking the gods to join in on the activities. They're asking the jo- or the gods to join them right then and there to witness what they are doing and how they are thriving and how they are sharing the experience. As a solitary practitioner, we do the same thing when we make our offerings, when we make our sacrifices, when we do our religious rites of any kind. We are offering the gods a glimpse into our lives. 
a glimpse to see what we are truly happy about. Offerings and sacrifices. Everybody everybody talks about offerings and sacrifices. Offerings sacrifices. I need to make a sacrifice so that this will happen in my life. I need to make an offering so that this will be seen in my life. And Yes, but do you have that one friend? We all have him. The one that calls every day about the littlest things that needs help with just about anything and everything. Kind of makes you feel like you have a two-year-old toddler that isn't yours but just needs help with everything. Well, that's what it's like if you say... You're always making an oath, an offer, and a sacrifice to the gods. Now, what what does what does it mean when I say we make an oath to the gods? Oath to the gods. I keep saying oath a lot, and I haven't exactly explained it. So we make oaths to the gods to commemorate an event, to temper ourselves, to hold ourselves accountable for something. Recently was a a friend of mine who wanted to do something to better himself. And what he did was he chose one of the hardest things for him to do, the absolute hardest, and chose that for nine days and nine nights he would not do that thing. That was his oath that he made to Odin. And he would... He would contact his friends to help hold him accountable to it, but to talk him through like some of the rougher patches. But it's something like that. We, When we make an oath like that, that is an offering to the gods. We are offering our oath at that point. If we break that oath, we are breaking a bond with the gods. Oaths are not to be taken lightly when we make them. When we make oaths, it is more than just a promise to us as heathens. And we'll have a whole nother episode sometime where we talk about oaths, just oaths. But for now, for the the purpose of this con this episode, this conversation, we're gonna talk about it just as what it is. And that is part of an offering or a sacrifices that we make to the gods. Um we as heathens, we make offerings, we make sacrifices, and yes, we do this a lot. We tend to, <laughs> we tend to go a little overboard when, when we think about things like this. Like, I, <laughs> I have multiple offerings that I do. Um, one of my offerings that I do weekly is I roll a dice. A six-sided die, and it I call it my Loki die. And there are six different outcomes that something that I do or that I do to family or friends or coworkers, dependingly, that is supposed to kind of help bring mischief and merriment into your life, but it is an offering I make to Loki. And then there's uh, my offering to Odin when I drink. I always I always pour a drink for Odin when I drink. I have my daily offering to Thor, which is usually just me promising myself to have the strength to deal with something. 
I keep all of my all of my jewelry, my wedding band, my my arm ring, my mjolnir and chain, and even my earring on my on my altar. Um, and at night, I ask the gods to just bless these these trinkets that I carry. I ask the gods to see me throughout the day, and I sit and I reflect on the day. On that reflection time and that that altar, that's that's my offering. That's my my sacrifice. Is that before I go to bed, like instead, no matter how tired I am, I will sit there. And I will do these things and make sure that everything is put where it needs to be. So hopefully that helps. Um, that helps everyone kind of find their own idea of what they should do for an altar. If you haven't, if you haven't made an altar yet, if you don't have an altar, you you want to start your altar. It's not difficult. Go grab a cloth, um, set aside an area on your desk or in your room. Or even if it's outside, an area where you have to quietly make your dedications to the gods. Doesn't have to be big, doesn't have to be extravagant. You just have to have a spot that you can do it in. Come up with a come up with one thing, one thing that you would do for your altar, so that you could carry it around with you. Create your own travel altar. Even if it is just a cloth that you end up rolling up and folding up and having all of its little stuff right there. Once you have that, once you've got your altar set up, you're going to feel closer to the gods. And I look forward to seeing more of you upon the path. But I think that's it for today, guys. Um, thank you for joining me upon the heathen's path and taking this walk with me and journeying with me today. I look forward to tomorrow. And I do hope that throughout the coming weeks that y'all are able to grow and feel closer and become stronger with the gods upon the healing's path guys thank you again for joining me on this journey 